What's up, mi gente? As you all may already know, I am shining light on Latino-owned small businesses and nonprofit organizations during Hispanic Heritage Month. Today's guests, in all transparency, are literally friends and neighbors. I've known about their journey and passion for well-crafted beer for at least eight years, and I'm excited to have them share much more about their journey today. Let's have a beer. That is not just a common American saying, it is a global one. It transcends cultures, and when enjoyed responsibly, beer brings people together. According to the Beer Institute, the beer industry contributes $328 billion in economic output and employs more than 2 million Americans. Life for beer aficionados like myself here in the U.S. is actually great. <laughs> Research shows most Americans live within 10 miles of a brewery, and indie breweries' openings outpaced closings in 2021 with 550 opening and 200 shutting down across the country. Now, being a craft brewery is a fulfilling, but it's also a competitive business. And if you add the fact that almost 94% of brewery owners were not Latino, not Black, <laughs> according to a survey from the Brewers Association, it really makes you wonder, ¿Dónde está el sazón? <laughs> well, a small, up-and-coming community brewery with a wits to make amazing beer has been gaining their fans here in North Texas, and they go by the name of Ghost Eye Brewery. These amazing brews are being spearheaded by a husband and wife Boricua duo who happen to be my neighbors. Now, I know this beer is made con mucha alegría y con mucho sazón because not only have I tried them and loved them, <laughs> I've actually experienced firsthand the love for their craft each time I would go out of my house and check my mail and would hear music to the likes of Elvis Crespo, some reggaeton. I think I've even heard some ACD, ACDC blasting while doing research and development from their garage. <laughs> so without further ado, I want to welcome Russell and Crisia Rodriguez. Hey. Hola, hola. Hi, hola. ¿Cómo están? Todo bien, todo, todo bien. bien. Todo bien, gracias. Muy bien. Well, you are Russell, head brewer, head brewer and both of y'all are owners of Ghost Eye Brewing. Este, Texas has been hot lately, so I want to start off by you know, enjoying a nice sip of this wonderful Mexican Oktoberfest, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Russell. Yes, sir. Este, este que, yes. que mi buen amigo y vecino came and gave me, and I, it's it's lovely. It's amazing. I mean, God has blessed me with a master brewer uh, neighbor, so what can I say? Cheers, brother. <laughs> Salud. <laughs> Salud. Este, so... I usually like to start um, the podcast series with getting to know the speakers at a human level, okay? Um, both of you are Boricuas, and so what I want to ask to the both of you, and maybe Russell, you can, or I'm sorry, Crisa, you can start off first, is um, 
Can you tell me a little bit about your cultural upbringing and maybe one of your favorite childhood memories? Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm from, my family's all Puerto Rican. I, I was born in St. Croix, Virgin Islands and lived there till I was 12. Um, then we, my dad was an engineer there. Then we moved back to Puerto Rico and I lived there till I was 23 years old. Um, I enjoyed the weather, the food, of course. Uh, we're very big beer drinkers, especially light beers. Um, so, yeah, one of my favorite memories was being at the beach with my parents, my dad drinking beer with the mood, with the music blasting in the background and just having good quality, quality time with my family, my friends. And not only us, we're doing the same thing. You see that everywhere. So, yeah, the beach, drinking some beer with my parents and before I was 21, mm -hmm. uh, my parents were. And then, yeah, music, food. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yes. The beach life. I love it. Este, Russell, how about you? Um, so to be honest with you, I was a surfer. So the only thing that I did my entire life was surfing over there. Uh, of, of course I've done other stuff, but that was my favorite hobby. And, uh, that's, uh, something I can't take out of my, uh, um, my system. Um, that's what I would actually say. I don't have <laughs> very much. <laughs> He had a very active bit. childhood and he yes, had lots of very, very he, he active. lots of fractures, you know, <laughs> lots of bumps on the head. And sometimes he says, babe, I, I don't I don't remember. I don't remember that time. And his mom, yes, Russell, remember. Mom, I don't remember. She's like, I he fell along and all yeah. those things. Aggressive sports. Yeah. Aggressive sports. Aggressive sports. Yeah. Skater, you are a skater too. Skater, yeah. uh, skates, <laughs> uh, patina, patineta, everything, uh, surfing, everything. That's that was my thing. <laughs> That's so awesome, man. Yeah, I uh, I get that a lot too, brother, from the wife. You know, I do mountain biking, and then I I got to an age where she's like, "Should you be mountain biking?" <laughs> like, we got two kids. <laughs> But bueno, I get it. That's so, that's so cool. You know, having um, I have a lot of Boricua friends my, myself and anytime that they express themselves about the memories that they have of their beautiful island, it's it's really an active one. You know, yeah. it's one where they're always out and about, of course, uh, going to the beach, but really just being out and about. You know, whether it's shopping, visiting friends, going with family, setting up parties, is is like that essence is something that really lives within us, and then we try to replicate that right um, in in anything that we do here in in, in the mainland. So, it's the the next question is you know a little bit more um, on uh, ghost eye right and what it is. Um, how it got started, but I want to start um, with a question of why. And Russell, you know, surfer dude, skater dude, always bumping and falling down. But when did beer become a passion and why did you decide to start a brewery? So um, being honest, uh, liked it my entire life. Uh, the, the only thing it was the uh, the ability to actually do it um, and and learning um, there wasn't very much access to it uh, uh, so in Puerto Rico even more 
when you saw these, uh, we only have access to this. We had uh, access to a certain amount of beers that were locally made and whatnot. And uh, once I moved over here, I saw this boom uh, of uh, a whole bunch of different breweries that were, uh, you know, opening up and whatnot. And so we started trying some different things. And but it came it came from there. It came from the roots. It came from from uh, the, the good times and and how we can make it uh, to be on. I mean, how to explain it, it would be like how to make it better in a sense of where you locally are located, where you are set. So um, passion free would be I learned. Well, how would it say this? Um, we got here. We started learning from it. We got some a little bit of a couple of classes, but everything started. I mean, passion for it. Well, like eight, ten years ago, he started brewing here at home. He started buying books and he started brewing by books. himself. And he self-taught himself. Information from everywhere that I could gather. Um, from pots and pans, going to classes to it's, uh, little if, by little, knowing more people. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, something like that will be a little bit more complicated to explain because of the fact that it has grown through time, and it. But it always was part of me. It's always part of my heart. Doing it professionally, it's uh, it's another game changer. It's another, you know, it's another ball game basically. Yeah, no, I, I I remember I you know for full transparency to anyone listening, uh, we've been neighbors what for maybe going on ten years I believe, and um, you know I used to go and walk my dog outside, and when y'all first moved in, I remember garage was wide open, and I saw these big pots, you know, like walking my dog and being Mister Chismoso, I was like. Hey, there's a lot of pots in there. Like, what's going on, man? In my Mexican head, and I've told Russell this, I'm like, I thought you were, y'all were about to do some tamales. I thought y'all were about to do some frijoles. And I got so excited. And I straight up went up to you. I was like, yo, when the tamales coming? And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you, I remember how passionate you were and the vision that you had. Uh, of and you told me you're like I'm gonna start my own brewery, man. You told me that you're yes. like I'm gonna start my own brewery, and you know I just I'm learning, and it's just something that I really want to get into. And here you are, you know, here you are. You you've actually brewed amazing beers, partnered with local breweries, you have gained distribution. You've done y- y'all bootstrapped gone all throughout North Texas to get your brews in on-premise accounts and all that good stuff. So, Crisia, how how has all this work, um, you know, blossomed for you professionally? Like, what what is your role in, in Ghost Eye and how have you helped scale Russell's vision um, for, for this brewery? Organizing. <laughs> First of all, organizing everything. Yes. So organizing, scheduling, um, ideas, making good things better, <laughs> um, <laughs> providing ideas for names, um, designing, um, giving my opinion on the taste too. I think he also brews for me. 
because I have a particular, um, um, I like certain type of beers and, and I think it's a little bit challenging for him to try and get that acquired taste that I really like because, you know, and the crowd people that beer drinkers, you know, there are crowds that like, like IPAs. People like very hoppy IPAs. I don't. So he he tries to make an IPA that I like. Or lager, lagers. I like particular type of lagers. Mm. He tries to make that for me. So, yeah, organizing, scheduling, finding events, um, uh, accounting, a little bit of everything. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> In my opinion as well. <laughs> Organize his brain because he tends to be a little bit everywhere sometimes. So. It's a but lot. Let's prioritize things first. Let's make a list. Okay. What is the most important thing that we have to do? Okay. This. So try and, you know, guide him and help him. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's great. And I, I, I love that's That's really insightful to, well, first, I think you're brewing out of love, bro. So that's actually a great thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second is having a woman's perspective in an industry that, traditionally maybe doesn't necessarily cater to them mm -hmm. right like I think that's spot on uh my wife loves beer uh particular types of beer okay not beer because she would be like no I don't like beer I like specific types of beer and I think that's so important to uh I think that's like a big gap in the industry you know it's like our brewers even huge companies that you know, do this, are, are they really brewing for women? And I don't, I think the answer is no, I'm going by my gut feeling here. So um, that's really cool that you shared that, Chrissy. And I, I think that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I love the brand and I love the beer. And this is, this is really, really cool. Este, so another kind of question again for you, Chrissy, is as the company it began to scale as the company became a little bit more organized because you got in there and did your thing. Um, what can, can you tell us a little bit of like the real headaches and the challenges that you have faced as a small business owner and maybe what you've done to overcome them or continue to do to overcome them? We're hmm. so lost. Um, we've been learning <laughs> on the go. Basically, um, we're self-taught. So that's challenging enough. Um, and just trying to juggle with the licensing and the branding, the competition. But competition hasn't been really that hard. I mean, we are small business owners. We don't like to show off or anything. Um, what's made it easy is the relationship we've made with other breweries, uh, head brewers and all that, um, getting known, creating very positive relationship. That's made it easy. But just the, the, the hard part is just the accounting, um, finding a place um, to have our brewery um, set, ha have a location for our brewery. That has been very challenging for us. We're, we're still fighting for that. Um investors trying to, you know, convince us that they want the best for our business. And then uh, at the end, it's not, it doesn't work out because, you know, they want the best for them, not for us. Um, people that try to convince us to make certain moves that are not, will not be good for us. You know, that's been challenging. How to say no, been very challenging, mm -hmm. um, that part. 
Um, also, since we're also new, we're a small business, um, they think that we might not know um, certain things and then no quieren este, tomar como, como bobos. Yeah, <laughs> trying to take advantage uh -huh. of us and yes. stuff like and, that. So mm -hmm. And when they're spe speaking to me as a woman, as a Hispanic woman, sometimes they're like, oh, do you, do you, do you know what you... Do you know what you're saying? Do you know what you're talking about? You you got and they try to you know talk a little bit down on you, but thank God we've been able to you know esquivar esa, esas situaciones and you know hold on on what we want, um and hold uh, hold ourselves accountable to what we have in our business plan to not make the wrong decisions or make make the wrong moves. So that's been very challenging, and they still you know like bullets. We've been trying to dodge them. So that's been very challenging, yes. <laughs> that's great. No, I that's wonderful perspective. I think, um, I mean, being a small business owner is is hard in many aspects and depending on the industry or the category that you play in even more so, right? So uh, it's very common for, especially us Latinos to just kind of bootstrap and go and do and learn and continue learning. Uh, But what's wonderful with about what you just said is sticking to your business plan. It's mm -hmm. like you guys have a strategy. You have a business plan, a vision, a goal. And even when things have been presented to you that may look good, you go back to that original plan. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear that from you all. Este, and, uh, you know, It's probably a common story. I think that a lot, uh, a lot of small business owners will relate to. And the talking down to, to especially to Latina women, we don't even get into that because we already know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Pero este, that's 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 great that y'all are sticking to the vision and that y'all are being strategic about it and you know what you want. Este, so Russell. Now I want to get more into the science, you know, you love and have learned a lot uh, yourself. Um, if there's some little chavalito out there, you know, that wants to become a master brewer someday and it's, you know, underage or whatever, but still has that vision. I mean, what are some of the things that you will tell uh, maybe a younger version of Russell with everything that you know? about the beer business like what are things that you feel are, have been vital to your success in being a master brewer so something that i would tell them to actually do from the beginning was to maybe try to get a job in in anywhere in any small brewery maybe because they they can still employ you even though you don't have 21 years of age you can still uh, you know clean kegs or you can even Or uh, maybe go ahead and, and just do it for free so you can start learning um, and start from the ground up, starting from the machinery and all that good stuff that, you know, it's involved. It's not only brewing and making the actual beer alcohol itself, in which you will not be able to drink, of course. But um, there's other things that will get you to get the knowledge that you need to get there because it, it don't, doesn't only relate to beer. It also, uh, um, you know, it, it also matches up with other type of, of uh, liquors, you know, in other type of processes. There's seltzers, there's uh, uh, literally uh, uh, liquor itself, um, and and it, it's it's kombuchas, 
It's a different type of variety of uh, different stuff that is out there that you can maybe take an advantage of if you're learning about this early on. Now, we do have, and this is very well known, there is a shortage. We need people to work in the beer industry, and we're still looking for a lot of people. And not, not, not saying me itself because I don't have a brewery, but the Brewers Guild, there's a guild that actually you know, um, takes all of us and gathers all of us up every once a month and tells us about what's going on and try to make stuff better and gives us information about where we stand and what we can do better for our business. There's a lot of different stuff and learn about the brewing as, as, as well. So those that's another thing that people can also take advantage of. They have classes. You can learn a lot about that stuff. Um, but um, passion itself, you just have to have passion from the get-go. If you have it and you want to make, uh, you, you it, don't reinvent the wheel, just make it better. And because there's no way to around it, just making it better, have passion for it, putting a little bit of sasson, like you say, onto it, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, always, always. Um, and, and you know what? That's that's really great advice because I think there's some fundamental uh, and there's some some fundamentals, and there's also some sense of humility when we really want to get into an industry that maybe we don't know nothing about, but starting from the ground up is so beneficial to ultimately either becoming high level executives within that industry or even having our own businesses in it, right? Because you know, holistically, the, the business all, all around, like, you, you, you know, from cleaning kegs, like you said, from the machinery, from the ingredients, from the science, from just the, the little nuances that maybe if you were to just go into an industry as an executive level, level, you may not know about, you never experienced. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. So there's a lot of value in that. And, and that's great that you you share that perspective. Now on the Sazon part. All right. Let's have a little fun on the Sazon part, because I know uh, both of you are proud Boricuas, but how has como like how has your tu isla como te ha motivado como te ha inspirado when it comes to the ingredients of brewing like have have you gained any inspiration from where you come from at all a lot puerto rico is so fruitful it gives you so much uh, that you have from so many places, you can gather cacao from one corner to papayas and even strawberries, whatever type, whatever you throw in that island, it mangoes, will grow. Mangoes, passion fruit, and tasting all those from the vine or right there, it, it's it's right straight from nature. It, it you, you feel those flavors and mixing them up. It, it, it affected me completely. It's uh, something that helps me every single day, just remembering eating those uh, straight from the tree, you know, and it's uh, it's very inspirational because we can take it back. We actually have a plan one day of doing something special with it and trying to write up a whole bunch of different um, um, recipes that, will uh, encase uh, all the towns, or we call it pueblos in Puerto Rico, 
um, 72 or 74 of them in total. 72. 72. So what we're trying to do is right, make a recipe that highlights what it comes out of each and every one of those pueblos, basically. So, and we have, and since we have been there, we already know the how how it tastes and how will affect and how we can apply that to that specific pueblo. And not only do we add those flavors also to the beers, like it inspires. We also make beers that you can drink with certain type of food well almost right. any type of food light beers you can eat you can eat you can eat greasy food you know we like greasy food we like the lechon you know we like the very seasoned well seasoned rice you know something nice and and like to wash it down not only uh, that and adding flavors to those to beers we can we also have that that tongue well where we can taste a lot more fruits in certain type of ipa let's say an ipa they describe it. Oh, it has orange and 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 pineapple. And those notes. Well, since we've tasted other fruits, oh, no, this also has. Uh, I can I can taste pink guava. No, I can taste white guava. I can taste star fruit. You know, so it not only influences the flavor. We can also um, notamos más sabores en la cerveza también y podemos describir mejor la cerveza. So el paladar de nosotros está está más refined, refined ah, refinado yes. sí está más abierto sí bueno <laughs> sí. una persona que nunca ha comido someone that has never tasted a certain fruit they're not gonna know how it tastes so yeah. but we taste it and then and people like that when we describe fruit they 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 hear something oh that sounds very exotic well yeah, yeah. like Maybe, for example we can put it this way like the uh um uh, the uh what I wanna was it the uh what was it sour soap the sour soap Sour soap. Sour, sour soap mm -hmm. is they're the only uh, sweet sour soap is the Puerto Rican. Yes. So nobody in the United States have tasted that sour soap uh, because it's only grown over there. And so when we tried it over here, it was so sour that we were like, man, it, you, you kind of mess out. Dude. People are missing out on these type of flavors that we as a brewery we would love to good, bring them over here yeah that's a good thing because we can bring something new yeah let's put it to the table and, mm -hmm. and have people experience what we have experienced in the past and then, since we were kids that is great yeah no and it's almost like um and, and the idea of the pueblos around the island and how there's something particular to that geography to that esa tierra, esa gente, you know, like spot on, wonderful idea. Like that's so great because, you know, that idea and that objective can play true to uh, so many other things across our world, you know, across Latino America and, and whatnot. And so there's always like nuances, like the Wanabana thing that you just explained, Russell, that uh, people don't understand uh but when they experience it or taste it that's when they're like okay i was missing out what is this well, there's such a exploration there so that's really really cool i love that and now um I hopefully i'm so glad y'all are my neighbors because when that happens i'm like hey yeah you know can i can yeah. i try some Always the music, yeah, no man. It's the, well, that's really cool. I, I I love that you share that about the love for for Puerto Rico. Este, 
you know, as we start to end the podcast, Crisia, I kind of want to tap a little bit more into uh, your experience too and your um, thoughts on, you know, how it feels to for you to really be a leader and a founder alongside your husband uh, in an industry where there's not a lot of Latinas, I mean, let alone Latinos, okay? Mm-hmm. Now you add the fact of, you know, you being in spaces where you're selling in ghost eye or you're um, trying to make a case, a business case for having them, uh, you know, purchase you. Can you tell me a little bit more about that experience for that it's been for you? Um, I I felt very proud because I know uh, the quality um, of beer that he makes. And he makes a he makes a beer. You know how grandmas make food with love. <laughs> he makes he makes beer with love. And I know that the product that we have um, that we uh, provide to our consumers. So, yeah, I feel very proud of it. And being a woman and a Latina woman um, representing that, um, it, it's amazing. Sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming or intimidating, but I, I think I've gotten over that, um, about the intimidation part. I just keep going, keep moving forward. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. No, I love, uh, I love the love. Um, because Mm -hmm. even as he was explaining that he brews specific things for you, I think there's something very special about ghost eye because of that. Uh, because of the connection that y'all have to one another, and most importantly, because of the quality of a product that y'all are putting out the, to the public. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about where people can uh, find you um, and follow you to learn more, not just about Ghost Type, but about all the events that y'all do? Because y'all do a lot of events, right? That's a big thing we do. We love going to events and we are in the events. We promote our products. We like to talk to people. We're talkers. We're Latinos. We like to yeah. talk. We like to have fun. Uh, we're very good spirited. So we love going to the events, to the fight nights. Um, you, y'all can f- visit our website at www.ghosteyebrewing.com. Uh, we have IG as well at Ghost Eye Brewing Co. Yes. And of course, uh, it's always uh, good to understand that what we're doing right now is a collaboration with a good friend of ours, with uh, Trinity Flores, which uh, we're really grateful for their assistance um, because we, with all our beers, are the only way that they're out there is because we collaborate together to put them out there. So it's uh, basically not in, in, in other words. Soon, we'll be having our own license in order for us to be able to put out hopefully our beers uh, on our own name. But thankfully, uh, that thank for, thank, thankfully uh, we have a, a good friend um, that uh, um, he actually helped us out with that one. And uh, we're doing collaborations to collaborate. Good to be clear on that one. Yeah, we do a lot of collaborations. Yeah, collaborations. yeah. so that's how we go. That's how our beers are out there. Um, and that's how we are using their, the ability to distribute their beers throughout them. Um, but of course we do, uh, take some of that collaboration beer and take it to our events and, uh, and there, and, and of course there are people who buy it, um, in, in different locations. And what they are attempting to do is trying to get it in a radius in which we're at set in. So closer to Duncanville, 
Uh, the whole idea is to promote our, our place as well, in which we want to leave, which is Duncanville. And uh, their adjacent areas will, yeah, well, you know, it's everyone literally. Um, so, uh, yeah, Dallas goes by. Dallas, Pantigo, um, Lothian, um, all of those should be available in, in our website, should be available who, who will carry that collaboration and where you can find it. Basically. Oh, Waco too with us. Uh, yeah, Waco. Waco, we've had collaborations with Waco as Southern well. Roots Brewing, Southern. they're amazing friends as well. So, shout out to them as well. Dr. Jago, there's also shout out to them as well. Good friends. Um, that's how that's how we're putting them out the collaborations with other people basically. as well. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, partnership goes a long way, and and when they're true partnerships, even better because it's like a win-win, right? Mm-hmm. You're building, they're also building from their own brand and their own brewing practices. So I love that. I, I know you've had a partnership um, with them for a while with Trinity, right? For for, for quite some time. Um, and I've been lucky to go uh, to one of your events, at least in, in the Bishop Arts area. It's a real popular area here in North Texas that has really grown um, in the Oak Cliff area. Uh, it's gotten a little fancy for my liking, but it's still a cool place to go and hang out and have some good beer. Um, but it, what's the most... Um, What's the upcoming event that you have, uh, guys, that you guys have going on? We have a uh, Brew City. We have a pint night in August 30th, um, I believe. Yeah, on the 30th of August, we have a pint night with Brew City. And um, in September, we have uh, two events, if I'm not mistaken. We also have, uh, um, in September 9th, uh, we have the Dallas Observer Brewfest. Yes. That will be in the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go on that one just to, to just throw it out there. You can use the discount code GHOST to get a single general admission uh, tickets for $35 each. Until is, September 3rd. Yes, until September 3rd, of course. Mm-hmm. Then we'll be on September 16th. Uh, there will be an October Fiesta, which our beer will be there as well. Yes, <laughs> that will be in Duncanville. Um, since this will be the Oktoberfest version of our Pilsner, basically, so that's why I wanted to say that. Uh, September, uh, October, uh, October, October, yeah, so what was it? The 16th, that's Oktoberfest, the October Fiesta on September 16th. Then, October 7th, we have the BTX Brewfest that will be on Burleson, yes. And 21st of October, the first best little brewfest in Texas in Louisville. It's well, not the first one. It's it's the okay. best little brewfest in Texas, mm-hmm. basically. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. Um, so those, and if you go to our website, we'll be adding more um, um, events as they come along. Uh, we have a couple of people who actually wants to be, want us to be part of them here in, in Duncanville, uh, owners of different. Uh, businesses who are doing events to promote themselves as well. So, um, yeah, please go to www.ghostdivebrewing.com and check us out. We're also, one last thing, we would love to uh, go ahead and have you, we're looking for donations to actually be able to reach our our goal um, to be able to start uh, this whole project. And you can always go to our GoFundMe. There will be on ghostdivebrewing.com. 
we do have a link attached to it that you can go and try to, and if you're more than willing, donate uh, in order for us to be able to get this going as well. Yes, that's right. And um, I put the ticker there uh, of your website um, and and definitely go to the website to find out more about the events. I know y'all have the events listed out there. Um, go have some really cold brews, especially if you're here in Texas in this weather. O sea, van a caer muy bien. Este, mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, my call to action to anybody listening is to please uh, support Hispanic-owned businesses, right? And um, especially during this month of celebration, um, shop, buy, uh, follow, learn from Hispanic-owned businesses during Hispanic Heritage Month. There's so many of us out there um, doing our thing, continuing to dream big, and actually taking um, action and, and being part of our communities. Um, and so I want to thank uh, you both, Russell and Crisia Rodriguez, for your time. Um, I want to thank you both for the love that you have in uh, your union and for sharing this wonderful, really good beer. Isn't it good? <laughs> really good beer with <laughs> with the rest of our neighbors and with all of our community here in North Texas y ojalá también con el resto del país y con muchos más en todo el mundo. So thank you both um, for your time. Uh, is there anything that I missed? Do y'all have any last words? Very good to go. We appreciate you thank very you. much for thank doing this with us, of course. Uh, and uh, salud. Salud, compadre. Muchísimas gracias. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Adios. Bye. See you. <laughs>